guys, it's Amanda and Barron, and we are back again with Kicking Cancer Cares. And I want to give a huge shout out to our second sponsor for this second segment. I guess third sponsor, second segment. And that's Marianne McNally, and she's with Next Home Realty Connections. So if you guys have a home that you're wanting to buy uh, or possibly sell, or you just don't know where to start, definitely give her a call and she can walk you through the do's, the don'ts, and what all of that looks like. And her number is 503-409-4389. And I will repeat that um, at the end of our show as well so you guys can get that down. Okay. So did you like some of these chemicals that I brought right there? My goodness. There was a few there. I'm going to try to actually pronounce some of these chemical names. You know you're a go-getter. Why not? I love it. Why Go not? ahead. Vitamin A. I said that one. Oh. <laughs> Say it with confidence. We right. won't question you. Right. <laughs> I'll take on another one a little harder in a second. But it says vitamin A compounds are widely used in sunscreens, mm-hmm. skin lotions, lip products, and makeup. Sunlight breaks down vitamin A to produce toxic free radicals that can damage your DNA system. Really? I did not know that. I didn't either. Okay. I didn't know that. Vitamin so, A. You hear so, vitamin A and you think all good. Well, and, and if you're taking vitamin A as a supplement. But not applying it onto your skin. But they're putting vitamin A in these products. Right. Okay. Right? And so you're taking this you're taking this sunscreen mm-hmm. thinking that, oh, this is going to help me. But if they put vitamin A in the sunscreen, then the, the sunlight breaks down the vitamin A and creates free radicals, which is what can potentially cause cancer. So then is sunblock just completely... It's useless, useless if it has it. So, again, look at the label and see if it has vitamin A in it. Okay. Look at the sunscreen. See if Interesting. Because like, the vitamin A is the problem. All right. Okay. The other one here, and I'm going to try to say this one, it is uh, resorcinol, but it's a common ingredient in hair color. Okay. And bleaching products. It is a skin irritant, toxic to the immune system, and frequently cause of hair dye allergies. Okay. So in animal studies, this chemical was shown to disrupt normal thyroid function. Oh, that can be scary. That could be scary. Mm-hmm. We have a board member, Morgan, that got thyroid cancer. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're putting this particular chemical in hair color. It's causing skin irritation and potentially causing thyroid cancer. That's crazy. Thyroid cancer or just thyroid? No, uh... Sorry, sorry. Yeah, thyroid. It disrupts normal thyroid function. Okay. So that's a good clarification. So I'm not telling you you can get thyroid cancer. No, you're fine. I have an underactive thyroid and I get my hair dyed. So I was... And again, it's a chemical that you might see on the label and have no idea what that chemical does. Right. But that's what chemical is doing. You bring in so much useful information. I love it. (laughs) Truly. I'm trying. Okay. Next one. (laughs) Um, The next one here is a petroleum uh, distillates. They're petroleum extracts in cosmetic ingredients, commonly found in mascara. They may cause co- uh, contact with your skin and are often contained in cancer-causing impurities. They are produced in oil refineries at the same time as the automotive fuel, the heating oil, and the chemical feedstocks. So what that's really saying is inside the refineries, you have this extra product you don't know what to do with. And in any business, if you can find a way to use the thing that you don't know what to do with, you can make money with it, why not? Yeah. Well, the product that they're using that they don't know what to do with, they're putting it in mascara. Okay. At the same time that they're making automotive fuel. That's crazy. Does that all make sense? No, not really. You have this. I mean, it does, but it doesn't. <laughs> you have this factory that's making automotive fuel. 
And you have this little thing over here going, what are we going to do with that? Oh, 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 I know. We'll sell it to the people who make mascara. That's just off. And then you're going to put it in your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so One thing my doctor told me was your mascara. Be very aware of what mascara you're using. And I bet it's for reasons like that. Yeah. So I didn't bring the book with me. It's one of the other ones. But it's the um, Thinking You're So Smart book. Mm -hmm. But inside of that book, she talks about this chemical that they spray on apples and tomatoes to make them stay red longer, to stay yep. firm longer. Again, we're trying to industrialize food. So you go to the grocery store, the longer it can stay on the shelf, the bigger chance they have to sell it. Mm -hmm. Except they finally got smart and said, what's that chemical designed for? It was designed for the production of plastic. Oh. It was never designed to be consumed. And, and they said, well, what's the effect? It affects your respiratory system. Oh, gosh. So maybe COPD, maybe lung cancer. Right. But we put that on these apples and tomatoes <laughs> to make them stay red longer and firm. Yeah. So these chemicals that are in our food, they're in our, our, our skincare products, are highly toxic. Yeah, very scary. All right. I'll take a bit of lighter mood here. <laughs> <laughs> I want to run you back in time. Okay. We've always been moving forward in our timeline, but I'm going to run you all the way back to the end of 2018 when I actually incorporated Kicking Cancer. Okay. Made it into a nonprofit. One of our early board members, his name is Chris Fondrick, and he, he said, there's a person that you really need to talk to. She could really help you out. And he introduced me to Jessica. Okay. And I really had no idea what Jessica did, but I still remember we met at Broadway Commons. Didn't mm -hmm. know each other very well back then. And we sat down together, and she was just starting her business. And so she took us on pro bono. And I just want you to hear from, from her perspective, because she's she has literally watched this from nothing to where we're at now. So do you remember that day, Jessica? I don't remember. I, well, I do. You know, it's hard to think back that far. But um, I was looking up um, a little bit about, you know, my reason why I wanted to get involved. And um, I was, you know, thinking back, okay, 2018, what was going on then? Well, my Uncle Jim had been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer in November of 2017. And so my family, he was in his early 50s, father of two young children, um, we're dealing with kind of our first big cancer diagnosis. And then I, you know, met this guy who's doing this kicking cancer, you know, with this cute little donkey. And, um, <laughs> you know, my own business had just started. I do nonprofit association management, and he's starting a nonprofit. I just thought, well, let's see what we can do together. Um, and, you know, I think we met in early January, and my uncle passed on January 14th that year of 2018. Wow. I'm so sorry. So it was six weeks, basically, maybe seven weeks that we had to wrap our head around it. And they tried chemo and he had an allergic reaction to the chemo chemicals and had a heart attack. And they said, we can't do any more treatments. And so they sent him home and he passed very quickly. And so it was, you know, fate. I don't know if that's destiny. It was, you know, just something like... I call it God moments. Yeah, God moment, definitely. <laughs> you know, I can't control anything that's happening in my family, but I can help someone who's trying to help others that are going through this. And that seemed like a really great way to pull myself out of my own head and do something slightly positive at that really dark time. Yeah. And so Baron and I started talking about what are you doing? What is, what's your mission? What do you want to accomplish here? What can I help you with? What can I put you in touch with other people to help you with? And we've been 
doing some sort of check-in every couple of months yeah. ever since and learning all about his growth. And my business has grown, so I've stepped back a bit, but I still feel like I do a little consulting for him and, you know, well, the, the we partner on things. Well, for nine months, you basically controlled the Facebook page. Yeah, we got, you know, Facebook's a great way to get out there and market yourself and, you know, get your mission out there. And so that was, a you know, our first step was to start there. Yeah. Well, I didn't know her connection to pancreatic cancer until we had been We've been friends for a while before you yeah. share that with me. Um, and I think I shared this on the radio show sometime back, but my wife's best friend from college, the maid of honor in our wedding, had gone in, and this this was at that same time period. It was August of 18. She had gone to the hospital with some with a heart issues. It wasn't beating regularly. There was something going on. And she went on a Monday, and... And they said, well, it's not your heart. Something else has happened. I want to keep you from some test. So our plan was to go see her on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Except we had our grandson on Tuesday. And she says, oh, just, just come Wednesday. Enjoy your grandson. So Wednesday rolls around. And her sister calls and said, she's not doing well. Don't, don't come today. She died Thursday morning. Oh. We didn't get to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. And it, what, what happened was there was a blood clot, and again, it kind of with your... Yeah, you know, same thing. There was a blood clot that got to her heart, and her heart stopped. And after she passed away, they said, did you know she had pancreatic cancer? We didn't. Wow. Yeah, my uncle went in with pain in his leg, and they discovered a blood clot from his knee to his ankle. And the doctors knew just from that symptom that it was pancreatic cancer. And so they went on and did the rest of the testing. I'd never heard that. I had never heard that blood clots of that were a, you know, huge indicator of this type of cancer. And, you know, how many times do we ignore a leg pain or, you know, we're in our 40s, 50s, we're younger and, you know, thinking no big deal. But, you know, he was going to work, doing his everyday thing, raising his kids. And it finally got painful enough that he thought he should probably get it looked at. And it was, you know, the beginning of the end for for him, which was horrific. Well, because of so much we talk about with sugar in so many of our episodes, in fact, last week we had this big discussion about how much sugar we're consuming as a nation. Mm-hmm. I went and did some research on pancreatic cancer specifically, because you know I don't like grass grow, right? right. <laughs> um, pancreatic cancer is very uncommon. Less than 200,000 cases per year. Mm-hmm. So it's not a very common mm-hmm. cancer. Um, the problem is, is that your pancreas is designed to is designed to regulate sugar. Yes. And as a nation, we are over consuming sugar. Mm-hmm. We're putting too much pressure on that one organ to do its job. Yeah. Uh, it is almost always detected late, and then it spreads rapidly, and that's directly from the American Cancer Society's website. It's detected late, and by the time they find it, it spreads rapidly because where it's located in the body, it's hard to see it when it's stage one or stage two. So by the time they know you have it, you're usually stage three, and then stage four is really high risk. Yeah. Um, it's also very difficult to beat. Um, Alex Trebek died of pancreatic cancer. And I remember an interview he did where he did chemo, and he was, he listed one more year. And at the end, of it, he said, I, he says, I'm done. This chemo is just horrific. And he says, in hindsight, I went on the chemo. I would have just enjoyed my family because he had a full year and a lot of money, and it didn't any good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really difficult to beat pancreatic cancer. The great thing is we still have some time, and Jessica has an amazing good story 
okay. about pancreatic cancer. Yeah. So on the other side of my family, um, Uncle Jim was on my mom's side. Um, my cousin Lisa on my dad's side um, just beat pancreatic cancer. So we found out um, in, goodness, November of 2021. So November of 2021, she, so we're in the middle of COVID and the pandemic and Mm -hmm. all of that. And uh, she's 49, relatively healthy. um, And she turned yellow at work. And her boss was like, what's going on? And she's like, I don't know. You know, I'm I'm busy, you know. And they're like, no, no, you're going to the emergency room right now. Wow. And so her employer made her stop working. She's a workaholic. (laughs) And they drove her to urgent care and, you know, they admitted her. And, um, you know, lots of tests and everything. And they found that she had a tumor pressing up against her liver that was causing her liver to not function correctly, wow. which caused her to turn yellow. Yeah. And um, which turned out to be an amazing blessing because it turned out to be pancreatic cancer and they were able to treat it. So she did several months of chemo. Just you know, ravished her body, and um, and she's such a faithful person. Our you know the entire family. We're you know we're not looking at statistics. We're not looking at anything. We're just focusing on Lisa. Mm-hmm. We're praying over her. You know we're engaging and we're going to do everything we can. And um, she was so graceful through all of it and went through several months of, of chemo. Um, her employer was fantastic. They supported her through all of it. I was just saying, you know, she had some cancer oh, yeah. tr- coverage that mm-hmm. was just amazing that helped her through that financially. Um, and then we got to summer of 2022 when she had completed the chemo um, regimen they wanted, and they did a scan to see where where things were, and she qualified for the Whipple surgery. Oh. And so in August, August 12th, she had a 12-plus-hour surgery mm-hmm. where they were able to go in and remove every little bit of cancer and... Um, she came home, and they did her scan in December of 2022, and they found no evidence of cancer. Wow. And so she's back to work. She's living her life. Wow. She just celebrated her 51st birthday now. And, um, you know, our family is just incredibly grateful because, you know, I knew on the other side of it the diagnosis we had gotten with that side of the family right. and how quickly things had gone. And I just thought I can't imagine walking through my family, you know, this side of the family with that. And one more time. One more time. Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, my Uncle Jim lived in New York, so I wasn't as close to him. I didn't see him all the day. You know, Lisa is my, she's part of my people. She's right. my inner circle. And, you know, we grew up, you know, throwing rocks at each other on the farm, <laughs> and, you know, getting in trouble. And, you know, so to imagine her not being in my everyday life was just unbearable. Yeah. And so we are so grateful for that early detection. And they were able to tell that her cancer was caused by the environment. Really? So they were able to test it to see if it was hereditary or if it was environmentally caused. And wow. they, it was environmentally caused. And so, you know, then we're educating ourselves about chemicals, about plastic that we're putting our food in and microwaving, about, you know, all of these things that we just take for granted that we don't educate ourselves on mm-hmm. because we just assume the FDA and the government is, you know, only giving us good things. Right. And, you know, nope, they're giving us profitable things. Right. <laughs> yes. Um, and so, you know, we as a family all just really tried to turn those things around that we could. What can we yeah. control? Mm-hmm. You know, because you feel out of control in that situation. But it was really interesting that they were able to to determine that. You you made a statement a minute ago, and Amanda will remember this. We have an honor in the evening every year, and we pull our honorees together. And Brenda was our keynote speaker. And Brenda's whole point was 
to find the miracle in your cancer journey, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and I think the miracle is if that tumor had not pressed against the liver mm-hmm. and she hadn't turned yellow, mm-hmm. it would have continued to grow and she may have not made it. For so, sure. So the I, miracle, there's no doubt the, in my the mind. The miracle literally is the tumor pressed against the liver. Yeah. And, you know, who would have thought we'd celebrate a tumor? Right. But we did. We were so incredibly grateful for the placement mm-hmm. and the warning because, you know, without yeah, it, who knows? Without it, a year later when she was feeling sluggish and something wasn't feeling right, and, yeah. you know, we would have been looking at that, you know, six or seven weeks later and she's gone. Yeah. Well, you, you said something a minute ago, and I saw Amanda's eyes perk up. You mentioned that she had a Whipple. The Whipple. Mm-hmm. So many of our listeners may not remember a podcast sometime back, but this whole pancreatic thing means something to your family too, doesn't it, Amanda? Yes, it does. So my son had a partial Whipple, partial pancreatectomy is what they called it, procedure, and it is really hard on the body. He was open for a, a little over nine hours, um, very, very long time. That's And so he actually ended up getting blood infection and losing um, his duodenum and a few other things, but it was it was it was difficult. And then he went into a coma shortly after. Um, so that was. I'm glad that everything turned out so good for her. Yeah, and your son is doing well now as well. Yes, 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 yes he is. <laughs> Got to add that part so you don't have the listeners wondering what's going on. Yes, but, he is my miracle baby to say the very least. Yeah. How, how old is he now? Sixteen so and a half. Went, so you went through this whole thing sixteen years ago. Yes, I did. Wow. At seventeen years old. You were 17? I was. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> babies having babies. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but he's amazing, and he's a, truly a miracle. And I wouldn't change or take back any of it because it, it opened up our eyes to many different things and made us more aware. Like, uh, because he lost part of his pancreas, uh, we had to be very careful with sugars and stuff. Um, he's still eventually going to become a diabetic and it's going to be a weird gray zone it's not going to be a type one or a type two it's they're calling it a gray zone Mm -hmm. because of all of his medical stuff and so i mean there's still things that we're navigating with everything but um it was successful and it was amazing and it was it they warned us that it's a big huge surgery that not many surgeons even get the opportunity to do yeah, they told Lisa um, less than two percent of people qualify for this surgery after they've done chemo. What and so, qualifies you? The margins. So they okay. said um, they told us that um, working on the pancreas is like working on wet paper towels. So when you're trying to sew, when you're trying to remove something and then close up what you are leaving behind, they're like sewing wet paper towels back together, okay. which sounds really impossible. Yeah. And so they needed the tumor that was already there to shrink to a certain amount of width and height and length and all of that mm-hmm. in order for them to feel like they could get enough margins and have enough tissue to deal with yeah. to put her all back together. And so okay. she, we were blessed that yeah. that did work out. Um, but she, yeah, it was, it was a huge undertaking for the family mm-hmm. and it's not over. It could come back, you right. know, statistically pancreatic cancer is one that does come back. And so she will be, you know, watching and keeping up with her doctors, but we will all be trying to do everything we can to eliminate what caused it in yeah. our own lives. And she'll be making those changes in her life. And so, 
That was interesting that they were able to test to see if it was environmental. Yeah, that's I didn't re- realize that was I, a test, but me neither. That's really cool, so that you know, like, okay, I need to make these changes. Yeah, and you know, as you mentioned, you know, her, it's nice to know if there's something hereditary, so that you do know. Are you passing this on to your children or yes. grandchildren? Is there something to be watching for? Um, but yeah, you know, to think, well, gosh, you know, my own environment caused it is pretty scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like kind of what Brenda uh, picked. She prides herself in that um, I'm not scared to die. I just want it to be on my terms so that she does everything she can to make sure that she doesn't put herself in that position to make it worse or grow more. Mm -hmm. Well, and for those that um, follow Kicking Cancer's Facebook page, um, Brenda's now doing more Facebook Lives. Mm -hmm. And, if you know, again, if you go there, you're going to see her. She's she's back in the fight again. She is. And... I saw one just the other day that she's out there in Yuma, Arizona, early in the morning, taking her walks, talking on Facebook. And what I love about when she announced that she, her breast cancer had returned, she took a positive out of it when at the honoree night. And it was that I do believe that because I've done everything I've done with juicing and taking care of my self-care and taking all of my vitamins and doing all of that, that it it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Yeah. It could have been worse. Well, I was trying to describe it some of the other day. Brenda's cancer is metastatic. And for those that don't understand what that means, it's, it started in her left breast, and then it got into a lymphatic system. It's moving through her body. But it came back to the exact same place it started. So the easiest comparison would be if you take a dartboard and put a little, little dot on the dartboard, except now I'm going to blindfold you, and I'm going to spin you in a circle, and I'm going to... I'm going to point you towards it, and you're going to throw a dart, and you're going to hit that spot. That's yeah, right. Th- that's the odds of yes. that cancer going back exactly where it started. Mm-hmm. It could have come back in her brain. It could have come back in her lungs, but it didn't. Mm-hmm. It came back in a spot that is operable, Yeah, and that's the, that's the miracle for Brenda. Mm-hmm. Well, we do have a few more minutes, and I do want to remind the listeners that there's a polar plunge today. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, in Corvallis today, February 18th, um, we're expecting about 700 participants in oh, Corvallis. Wow. It's their 13th annual. We get a huge amount of Greek life participation from OSU. Uh, the law enforcement partners down there are amazing. Lynn County Dive Team. So all of them are making it possible today. We're hoping to raise $55,000. And then we'll be doing it again in a couple of weeks in Salem, March 4th at Illahi. So if you want any information, uh, plungeoregon.org for information. Or you can even email me at capitalplunge at S-O-O-R dot O-R-G. Again, my name is Jessica Carpenter, and I'm the plunge manager for Corvallis and Salem. But we would highly encourage you to email Amanda at... Amanda at kslm.news. So if you guys didn't catch any of Jessica's information, if you, some of our listeners don't have pen and papers available, um, I can forward you the email, her email, um, and, and the website. And if you email Amanda, pledge Amanda. Yes. Pledge, well, our team, our Kicking Cancer KSLM team. Yeah. So I'm super excited. Well, I think and now that you just told, like now that you told to, me you're now plunging that I said it now. In front of Jessica. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and I was so amazed when Baron told me that your fundraising goal was going to be $15,000. And it seems so far-fetched, but South Salem is almost at $10,000, South Salem High School. That's so, amazing. You know, I think you have what did you say? Millions of viewers that mm-hmm. listen, mm-hmm. you know. A $5 donation from a lot of people goes a long way. It truly does. And, and it, so it we, helps our community. So I think it's huge. I think it's a, a, an amazing thing to donate well, and to. I will, and I will say now, because I checked for the show, our team is currently in four, sixth place, but we're just barely out of fifth place. Okay. 
But if the listeners just go on and make some pledges, we could rapidly move to fourth place or mm -hmm. third place. Now, personally, I am about $100 out of second place. Okay. But again, Mike Adams made a hefty hefty plea to the, to he the did. chamber. He did. That was awesome. Kind of called them all out, right? Um and, and I have I have a goal to raise fifteen hundred dollars. I want to be ten percent of the team. But to me, it's about collectively we bring twenty five people in those red shirts with the mask, and we raise fifteen thousand dollars together. Mm -hmm. And if twenty five are up in the water, there might be a wave. There's like whoosh of water. <laughs> right. I would love that. Oh, and so. if you can't take the plunge, donating is a great way to support it. it um, is. We will take. Uh, donations the day of at each of the events. So if oh, you are okay. in the community and you want to come check it out and see what is this crazy polar plunge all about, come down. Spectators are welcome. And you can donate to support the local teams in your community. You can donate to support any of the teams. Um, we will have folks there on site at each event to help you. Um, and you're, you know, again, just come check it out. Maybe you want to get involved next year. We have a lot of companies that do this as their kind of community outreach. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, some of the companies will sign their employees up and they'll you know pledge their first fifty dollars and then they let them go and see what they can bring in on their own. Yep. And um, it's a great team building for your community for your team at work to see that your company cares about the community as mm -hmm. well. And it's so much fun to mingle fun. with everybody. It's a blast. It yeah. is. Yeah. Well thank you so much for coming in. Thank I truly you. appreciate it, Jessica. So before we wrap up I want to give another shout out to our sponsor for the second half and that's Marianne McNally with Next Home Realty Connection and her number is 503 409-4389. So if you are looking to buy a house, sell a house, definitely reach out to her and she will get you started in the right direction and answer all of your questions. And we'll be back next week as, as the, the movement, movement continues. continues.